Today is Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. On this day in 1986, the U.S.'s role in the Iran-Contra affair was revealed. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Molly Brandenburg of Unexplained Mysteries. Her show investigates the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. Molly will discuss some of the historical aspects of today's story while I'll cover the narrative. Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled to dive into the Iran-Contra scandal. Now let's go back to November 25, 1986, around noon in the White House press briefing room. The room was packed and taut with tension. Rumors had already spread of a clandestine meeting between the president and Congress that morning. Something big was about to go down. Something scandalous. Many reporters had suspicions about what they were about to hear. Three weeks earlier, a Lebanese magazine reported that the United States government had sold weapons to Iran in exchange for the release of seven American hostages being held in the country by pro-Iranian groups. This news shocked the world. President Reagan had reportedly stated that he would not negotiate with terrorists, making it a key point of his campaign. And yet, his administration had secretly sold weapons to the Middle East's number one state sponsor of terrorism. To make matters worse, this deal was in direct violation of a weapons embargo against Iran that Reagan had implemented. By violating his own embargo, Reagan's administration had not only broken a campaign promise, it may have broken the law. It had been three weeks since that story broke, and the White House had remained tight-lipped about the subject ever since. But now, Reagan called the press together to make an announcement. The press knew it was going to be dramatic. They had no idea Reagan was about to drop a bombshell that would shake the world. The room fell silent as Reagan approached the podium. His normally confident body language looked uncharacteristically nervous. He caught his breath and spoke into the microphone, saying, Last Friday, after becoming concerned about whether my national security apparatus had provided me with a secure or a complete factual record with respect to the implementation of my policy toward Iran, I directed the Attorney General to undertake a review of this matter over the weekend and report to me on Monday. And yesterday, Secretary Meese provided me and the White House Chief of Staff with the report on his preliminary findings. This report led me to conclude that I was not fully informed of the nature of one of the activities undertaken with connection to this initiative. This action raises serious questions of propriety. These words stunned the gathered reporters. To the best of their knowledge, Reagan had been fully aware of the arms deal, and he himself had ordered the exchange in order to free American hostages. Yet now, Reagan publicly declared something else had happened. But what could that something possibly be? The press listened intently as Reagan spoke, never revealing what the exact scandal was. Instead, 
he left the stage. Reporters buffeted the president with questions, wanting to know exactly what he knew. Visibly irritated, Reagan waved their attention to Attorney General Meese as he took the stage. Once Reagan left the room, Meese quieted the reporters. He began his own speech. After explaining the timeline of the previous few days, he stated, In the course of the arms transfers which involved the United States providing the arms to Israel, and Israel in turn transferring the arms, in effect, selling the arms to representatives of Iran, certain monies which were received in the transaction between representatives of Israel and representatives of Iran were taken and made available to the forces in Central America which are opposing the Sandinista government there. Jaws dropped in the press room and in living rooms watching the briefing all across the nation. Not only had members of the Reagan administration sold weapons to Iran, they had used the proceeds to fund a rebel army fighting a guerrilla war in Nicaragua. Up next, the implications for this revelation were severe, and we'll get further into this dramatic revelation. Listeners, here's a new show I can't wait for you to check out. When it comes to love, every story is unique. Some play out like fairy tales, seemingly meant to be. Others defy the odds to achieve happily ever after. In Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast, you'll discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Every Tuesday, Our Love Story celebrates the ups, downs, and pivotal moments that turn complete strangers into perfect pairs. Each episode offers an intimate glimpse inside a real-life romance, with couples recounting the highlights and hardships that define their love. Whether it's a chance encounter, a former friendship, or even a former enemy, our love story proves that love can begin and blossom in the most unexpected ways. Follow Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. On November 25, 1986, President Ronald Reagan and Attorney General Edwin Meese informed the public of an almost unprecedented international scandal, today known as the Iran-Contra scandal. Molly will explain Iran-Contra and its repercussions to this day. Thanks, Vanessa. Ronald Reagan's administration is most widely known as the culmination and closure of the Cold War, an international, decades-long jockeying for power between the United States and the Soviet Union. Following World War II, the Soviet Union's communist government came to be seen as the antithesis of American democracy and freedom. The USSR sought to spread communism throughout the world, but they couldn't do so by force. The Soviets knew that any aggression would be met with war from the United States, and as both countries possessed nuclear weapons, they knew that all-out war could lead to the extinction of the human race. So, rather than fight the U.S. directly, the Soviet government began supporting communist sympathizers all throughout the world, most prominently in East and Southeast Asia, as well as Central and South America. 
Determined to stop the spread of communism, America often supported any government that was not communist, even if that government had problems of its own. These indirect conflicts were long and drawn out, leading to such skirmishes as the Korean War, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and the Vietnam War. Following the gruesome bloodshed of Vietnam, public American sentiment turned against interventionist policies. Many began to believe that if other countries wished to become communist or socialist, the United States should allow it without getting involved. This philosophy was put to the test in 1979, when the Socialist Sandinista National Liberation Front overthrew the dictatorial ruler of Nicaragua, a country formerly occupied by the U.S. military. The Sandinistas were not friendly to the United States, and their socialist policies rubbed many in the U.S. the wrong way. In order to undermine the Sandinistas' political power, the CIA began training a guerrilla rebel army called the Contras to topple Nicaragua's socialist regime. President Reagan was a vocal and public supporter of the Contras' anti-socialist cause, and at the time, the public was unaware that the Contras were largely funded by U.S. taxpayers. But when the CIA's involvement in Nicaragua became publicly known, the American public was outraged. They urged their congressional representatives to hold the CIA accountable and to put a stop to the American funding of war. In 1982, Congress acted by passing the Boland Amendment, a law making it illegal for any branch of the United States government to fund the Contras. Despite his prior support of the Contras, Reagan signed the bill into law in accordance with the will of the American public. With that, the Contras were supposed to be left on their own. Whatever happened next would have nothing to do with the American government, and the U.S. hoped to wipe its hands of the whole affair. But on November 25, 1986, that all came crashing down. Attorney General Meese informed the public that an illegal arms sale to Iran, the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, had been used to fund a rebel group in Nicaragua in direct violation of U.S. law. It was shocking, scandalous, and outrageous, and it cost many people their jobs and reputations. Reagan's National Security Advisor, Vice Admiral John Poindexter, resigned his post in shame. One of Poindexter's aides, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, was fired for his diversion of U.S. funds to the Contra rebels. After a full investigation, a total of 11 State Department, intelligence officials, and White House staff members were convicted of crimes ranging from perjury to conspiracy to defraud the United States. The investigation would reveal that President Reagan and Vice President Bush were not directly culpable for any criminal activity, but their policies and public stances had facilitated an environment where their staff felt emboldened to act in such a scandalous way. The Soviet Union would begin to collapse near the end of Reagan's administration, making the United States the ultimate victors of the Cold War. 
However, the Iran-Contra scandal was one of Reagan's greatest defeats during this conflict, and it will forever remain a black smirch on his record as president. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Molly, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You can find my podcast, Unexplained Mysteries, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Giles Hovseth, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Bennett Logan. Today's episode stars Molly Brandenburg and Vanessa Richardson. Don't forget to check out Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Listen to Our Love Story, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.